Hi, friends. Welcome back to Our Hearts Surrendered. My name is Sophie, and I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. What is up, you guys? My name is Addison, and I'm the other co-host of Our Hearts Surrendered. Guys, we are so excited. I swear I start every single episode with saying that, but I'm like actually so excited this week because we are joined by another guest. You'll have two guest episodes in a row, which is really fun. Um, we are sitting with Gabrielle or Brie McCullough. I believe it's how it's pronounced. I did my yes, best. Way to go. Okay, perfect. <laughs> this is her. Brie, do you want to hey, introduce guys. yourself? Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I am just so honored and really excited to get to have this conversation with y'all. I've already just been so encouraged by y'all's hearts for the Lord and just your vision behind this podcast. But for those of y'all who are listening, my name is Bree, as Addie said, and I currently live in Waco, Texas. So Sophie and I are like probably down the street from each other right now. Oh, yeah. And we love that. And yeah, I work at a church called Harris Creek where I get to do college ministry there recently. Uh, graduated college in May and then got married in May. I am from Minnesota originally, so that's where I was born and raised. I love, I'm a big Midwest girl, love the cold, but Waco is where God has us in this season. So it's it's such a gift to be a part of what the Lord's doing here. And I'm 21 years old. That's a, I don't know, another fact, I guess. Um, so I'm young like y'all. And just if there's like anything important for you to know about me, it's that I love God a lot and I love his word and I love what God intends to do through the local church. And so that's what I've given my life to. And yeah, I'm just excited to get to chat with y'all today. We're so excited to have you. And I bet Waco is so different than where you're from. How is that? (laughs) Oh my goodness. It has been an adjustment to live in a place that is a hundred degrees in literally September. I'm used to like, I'm used to it already dropping to the sixties when it comes September uh, in Minnesota. So it's definitely an adjustment. I think both like, I mean, weather wise, but also culturally, uh, being in the South and even just like the spiritual demographic that is different here. I grew up in a, in a place where people didn't talk about Jesus all the time and it wasn't assumed that people went to church. And so growing up in, in Minnesota and in a public school, I was just surrounded by people that quite frankly hated God and were unashamed about it. And I think out of that, it spurred in me a boldness Uh, to tell my friends about Jesus because it was so hot or cold. And then I moved to Texas in 2020 and I'll never forget sitting down with a group of, of high schoolers at Highland Park in Dallas. And I'd ask them, I'd ask them like, Hey, what percentage of your high school do you think know Jesus? And they're like, Oh, like 85%, 90%, like everyone knows God. And then I was like, okay, well, like what percentage of those people do you think or no I said then what out of those people what percentage of those people do you think are like actively sharing the gospel and they were like I don't know probably five percent ten percent and that has been like the biggest distinction I think uh, between where I am now in Waco versus home uh, where there is just a a plague of cultural Christianity that is really real here where people claim the name Jesus and are not like actively following him and actively living set apart lives. 
And so that's like, I would say the specific burden I feel living in Waco, that's just been so different from where I grew up, but it's been a a gift to just ask God what it looks like to minister to this spiritual demographic, Um, even though it's, yeah, it's different and God's teaching me a lot in that, but so it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's, I like, I'm just really encouraged by that. I think that like the fact that you were surrounded by so many people who didn't know the Lord and instead of that discouraging you, it encouraged you to go and share mm-hmm. the gospel is something that's really special. And I think that like it's very easy to like fall into conformity um, and just be yeah. like, oh, they don't know the Lord. Like that's really tough. But like something that the Lord has like really been teaching me recently is the urgency of the gospel mm. and how like I should love people so much that it hurts me to see them walking in sin. And like, that's been like one of my biggest prayers is that like, Lord, let my eyes see your people, how you see them as well as their Mm -hmm. sin. And like, if we put ourselves in like the Lord's shoes um, for just a second, like we will truly understand like the weight that sin carries that like it hurts him so much for it to even be a part of it like and he hates it so much mm-hmm. and like I think we just are so numb to it and we like in a way like I like personally struggle with this I'm not just saying that like we as a culture but like everybody I think um in some regard has minimized what sin is and like truly how devastating it is to our relationship with the father um so yeah absolutely also I had never heard mm. the phrase that you used the like cultural Christianity is that what you said yeah that's yeah, like, man, that is the thing here. <laughs> yeah, that was like, I like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I just never put a name to it before. I'm about to start totally. like it's now part of my vocabulary. I'm going to use it all the time. But that's just so like, oh my gosh, I, I forget like geographically how different like I've grown up in the South, like in the totally. good old Bible Belt. Um, So it's just like always been normal for me to like be surrounded by people that claim to they're Christian. And then, like, misrepresent Christ in a way. Um, And, like, Mm, because of that, it was, I was super influenced by it. Um, At, like, young ages, like, in middle school and high school, I, like, struggled a lot with trusting people who said they were Christian and then, like, seeing their actions and, like, allowing it to reflect my, in my own. If that Mm. makes sense of, like, oh, she said she's Christian and she does this, so it's okay if I do it. And, like, not truly knowing um the difference and like because of that I'm very passionate about not misrepresenting Christ and about like being genuine (laughs) in my faith um so that is just really cool cultural Christianity Mm. so good so good Mm. so yeah definitely I thought like I was sitting here like getting goosebumps when you shared that because um I have a friend here um at Baylor who has a very like kind of similar story than you that you do um she like grew up in an area that uh, like completely like was it was very like on fire or like very cold against Christianity totally and it just like like what you're saying it just like encouraged her to just like go share and then like just I like I was saying grew up in like this environment so just hearing from people with that story is like helps me to see like more about my culture and like understanding more about like oh not everyone here like knows the love of Jesus for them like I think a lot of the times at least me personally I assume like oh they're from my area they know 
about Jesus at least or they've heard about Jesus before mm-hmm. but truly like like they like what you're saying cultural Christianity like there's kind of like a front I guess around it but then like totally. when you look on the inside like people are hurting and people are like desperate to hear the gospel and so I think for me personally it's been so encouraging to hear like other people's stories like coming and like looking at it from like a different perspective than me yeah. and it's like strengthened and like encouraged me to like mm. see like the culture like the way it is and not from like the insider perspective I guess yeah totally I love that yeah no, for sure <laughs> um I yeah geez that is so cool how do you think that um like growing up in the midwest and moving here with that like desire to make jesus's name known and also like actually apply that to your own life how do you think that has affected um your walk with college ministry or like how did you how did that lead you into college ministry i guess yeah that's a great question so to give like a little backstory of just kind of my my testimony i grew up I grew up in the church. Um, My parents, I feel like when so many people talk about being raised in a Christian home, they're for the most part, they're talking about being raised in like a morally good home or a home that went to church every once in a while or on Christmas and Easter. And my parents were not that. My parents were, I mean, radically following Jesus and are just like faithfully following Jesus. And so they like truly, when I say I was raised in a Christian home, I mean, I was raised in a home where my parents like taught me God's word from a young age and helped us follow Jesus and modeled a really authentic and transformative way to follow Jesus. And, but growing up, I was like total Pharisee, like so self-righteous, all the things. And just like felt like I had it all together. And it was in eighth grade that my parents like shipped me off to Africa. Basically, I I had lied about downloading Snapchat, and like long story short, my dad like sent me off to Africa. And it's it like sounds dramatic because it is dramatic. But I went to Africa in eighth grade for like literally three weeks in the middle of my eighth grade year. I still like this is random, but there's like still these like random things about chemistry that I don't know because I miss this like I miss this whole section in our like eighth grade science on chemistry and it just like screwed me up for the rest of high school. But I met Jesus and I uh, was in Uganda and like long story short, God met me there and I would say like the scales fell from my eyes and what happened in that um, like actually confessing that he was Lord. Like I knew out of head knowledge that Jesus had died and resurrected from the grave and has like offered eternal life and the forgiveness of our sins. But I think I viewed him as a like savior and not as, as like Lord of my life. And so to confess that he was Lord meant that everything had to bow. And I, I start there because that like really transformed high school for me. Uh, where I I just actually believed that God was worth submitting to. And if that was true, then his word was worth submitting to. And, um, and I shared this already, but just had so many friends that did not know Jesus. And I think God gave me this really like simple picture of just that every single set of eyes I would look at every single day was going to lie someone who either knew Jesus or they didn't. Like someone that would spend eternity in heaven in intimacy with God or eternity in hell separated from God. 
And, and that's just like how I began to see people. And then in that, I would say, uh, I just watched, especially growing up in Minnesota in public school, I just watched our generation like be super confused, like spiraling about their identity, spiraling over uh, gender, over politics, over social media, over anxiety and depression, and just like going in a direction that um, just like wasn't consistent uh, with following Jesus. And so uh, that was when the Lord just gave me a burden to know his word and to teach his word. Um, and, and that's kind of what led me into college ministry. I moved to, I moved to Dallas to study God's word through a residency program at a church called Watermark. And then out of that, I moved to Waco to be a part of, uh, this local church here. And I think there's like, there's no like specific reason why I chose college ministry other than, uh, I just feel a burden for our generation to know God's word and to pursue holiness and to be set apart. Uh, and specifically, like when we, as we've been talking about cultural Christianity, I think Baylor University, and y'all are probably seeing this at both Baylor and AM, but there's just this, <laughs> I think the thing that we're fighting against specifically at Baylor is, uh, I like to say that p- people like fall into two different buckets. There's either the people that like call themselves Christians and uh, they, they are legalistic, self-righteous and prideful and they like call it holiness. And then there's, there's a a group of Christians who also call themselves Christians, but they like make a mockery of Jesus by the way that they live. And it's like so obvious that they're living unholy lives. And so it's either like they obsess over trying to be holy and it becomes legalistic and performance driven, or they like say they follow Jesus and their lives are so like obviously unholy and I think as Christians in the Bible Belt people can swing to either pendulum and I'd say I'm probably more prone to be legalistic and and self-righteous um but I I think in in both of those right there's a there's a call for us to train ourselves for godliness to um train ourselves for holiness and so that specifically I would say is the burden um, that I have for college ministry. And it's kind of been birthed out of my story and where God took me from. And then just kind of a, a burden to, uh, to teach his word. So that was a lot, but that's kind of where my heart's at yeah. um, with ministry. Man, that's so cool. Okay. I was like on mute, but I was dying laughing at when you said he's shift me off to Africa and like <laughs> the mean. fact that like you weren't even kidding like that's actually what happened I was it like really oh was. that's a funny analogy like I've never heard that before but like <laughs> no <laughs> and the chemistry why <laughs> that's me I'm in gin Kim right now Kim 119 so any other you know baddies out here but we I'm dying that. because I only took one semester of chemistry my sophomore year of high school because COVID shut everything down so I'm like I just don't know anything that I'm supposed to know she keeps being like oh yeah when you learn this in high school and I'm like no you don't understand I didn't I didn't learn it (laughs) I didn't learn it I wasn't there or like I was supposed to but I just didn't but yeah um that's that's so cool yeah okay so watermark Sophie and I used to go to the porch all the time I I am obsessed with um the porch it's really fun um 
how did that work of like going to college graduation wise you said you graduated in may did you do like a four-year degree or was it like seminary what was that kind of like for you yes so i actually did uh college online which was okay cool and i like had i had i just had random like high school credits and things like that and dual enrollment stuff that i did in high school so i i was able to do do my whole undergrad in two years online and so I did it I went into the residency right out of high school and did college while I was doing watermark residency but it's it's really a 10-month uh, program where you're doing lots of uh, uh, like ministry training they, they talk about it like a teaching hospital where you're kind of you're like you're learning the things as you're doing it and uh, yeah which was super formative for me and then you're also doing seminary like classes you're going through the whole old testament new testament uh you can like get seminary credit actually doing the residency so yeah that was 10 months i met my husband doing that we were placed on the same ministry team with with middle schoolers and so uh yeah that was the best year ever i love i love watermark like truly learned so much from that year it was such a gift yeah that's so sweet oh my gosh so cute um (laughs) man um I know you mentioned your husband was in the program was there anybody like through your residency or just like throughout your life in general that played a very big role in this or was it kind of just like the Lord laid this on my heart while I was in Africa (laughs) or like throughout high school and that kind of thing um and like I just took it and ran with it that kind of vibe yeah that's a great question Man, I mean, there's so many people that have been like influential in my walk with the Lord. I would say definitely my passion for ministry and for teaching God's word, I think first and foremost was was just like birthed out of the Holy Spirit, like convicting me towards those things. But uh, definitely have had like so many mentors and pastors that have influenced my walk with the Lord. I grew up going to Canicut camps, if y'all have heard of Canicut. And uh, Adam Donier, he's a he's a director uh, at one of the camps that really was formative in my understanding of God's word. And I got my degree in apologetics because I had gone to this like worldview camp uh, several years that he put on at Canacook that just like really opened my eyes to um, man. I think uh, the like relativism of this of this generation and how important it is for us to like know what God's word says and that it is absolutely true. There's a, a, the like kind of verse that marked that season for me was Colossians 2, 8, which just talks about uh, not being taken captive by any philosophy or empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of this world and not according to Christ. And I think when I look at our generation, I see a, a culture that is being taken captive by different philosophies and different ideologies and different traditions and different uh, like rituals even that are not according to Christ. Like it doesn't take, I'm not on TikTok right now, but I was as a couple weeks ago. And I truly like, I'll be scrolling through TikTok and I'll see even like Christians. uh, It's definitely like, I see it more with non-believers, but our generation being consumed with like horoscopes and crystals and um like I mean uh, like everything you could name it there is like an ideology that that people are chasing after and so uh, Adam Donier was really formative and just teach 
me what it looked like to pursue the authority of God's word and, and submit under it. And then I'd say uh, at Watermark, man, like so many, Blake Holmes is the head pastor there who he, he led our institute program and just taught me a lot about the character of God. And, and then I ultimately ended up in Waco because of uh, just the leadership of Jonathan Bakuda. I have been um, just discipled by him and challenged by him. And I think what's distinctive of him and the reason why I, I chose to sit under his leadership in this season is I think he is a, a leader that is, is teaching with a lot of clarity. And we've kind of, we've ta- been talking about this, but because we have a generation that is really confused, <laughs> I think, gosh, we need by God's grace and power, just men and women to rise up that will uh, teach a very clear gospel and, and really clearly communicate what God's word says. And so um, that's something I've seen him do really faithfully. And uh, so, yeah, he's been for sure transformative and it's been a gift to be under his leadership. That's awesome. Um, I think it's so cool how there's like so many people that you can just like name that like in the specific ways that they like influenced you. Um, mm-hmm. I also really um, like what you were talking about, about Jonathan McLeod, about just like clarity, because I think that's like so important because mm-hmm. um, not many things in the world feel very clear um, except like the gospel, but um, okay. just like being able to like clearly convey the gospel and what everything you say is is a really is a gift honestly um so I have a question about what like ministry for you looks like daily like what um what does it look like and how has it changed for you over like the years yeah that's a great question man it has changed (laughs) is what I'll say I uh it's so funny like doing ministry vocationally versus just like in high school doing ministry because it was just like the thing that my heart bled for and there's definitely like some things that are similar I think I think in this season it's easier to to go through the motions of ministry when it's your job and so I think in this season I'm I'm having to I mean daily just like stay really desperate before God but I'd say ministry in high school for me looked like I had a group of, of friends, like 10 of us, and we would literally like our, our weekly, basically my junior year of high school had a, went going into my junior high school, had a friend pass away and it just like blew my mind in the sense that it opened my eyes to the urgency of the gospel that not only do like people need Jesus one day, but they like need him today. And, uh, and so I have had this group of friends that we would literally we would meet every single Monday night and we would just like share what we were learning in God's word. And then on, on Tuesdays, we would like, get up early in the morning and go in our like different schools and pray through our school hallways that people would come to know Jesus. And then on uh, Thursdays, we would fast together during lunch to pray and to spend time in God's word and just like beg God to see revival in our schools. And then Fridays we would go into uh, like downtown Minneapolis and we would street evangelize and just tell people about Jesus. And then on Sunday nights, we would like have a a Bible study where like anyone could come. And that was kind of 
that was probably the like easiest way we would do discipleship was just inviting people into that space to teach God's word. And so that's like always what I knew ministry to be. Like it was a, it was a living room of people where we would get around God's word and pray together without an agenda other than to like depend on God and to ask God to bring dead people to life. And then out of that, we had decided to just like put on a couple events in our city where we would where we would like share the gospel and share our testimonies and all those things. And, and throughout the like last couple of years, I would say ministry, uh, sometimes it looks like communicating God's word on a stage, but most days it looks like just being in the trenches with messy people, like people that know Jesus and people that don't and uh, like helping convince people as I convince myself, uh, there I'd say there's like four truths I'm like always coming back to. And it's that um, God is good, that he is holy, that his word is true. And that because of those three things uh, that he can be trusted. And I would say like I ministry today is over and over again, repeating those four things, praying into those four things um, and helping people believe those as I also help myself believe those things but um yeah as far as like college ministry that looks like spending a lot of time with college girls and just like getting to help people know Jesus through his word and it's a blast but I hope that answers your question (laughs) yeah no for sure that is so cool um I think that like we're a generation that has trust issues for the most part Um, So just like those four things and like the last one being that like because of these things, like God is one who could be trusted. Um, Something that like the Lord has laid on my heart through a bunch of different people since coming to college is that my life is absolutely so much better in his hands than it is in mine. Mm. So like, why would I try to control it? Um, And like another thing is learning, like I keep every time I'm like on the phone with my mom or my dad, they're like, what are you learning? Um, and like one of them recently, it was just that like, I'm learning how to love people. And I've like, I like not from a prideful stance, but I would say that like, I loved people pretty well in the past. And like, it's not been really something like, it just has come naturally, naturally to me to love people. Mm. Um, and like coming to college, it's just opened my eyes to like, how can I love them best in a way that is like truly best for them and like the way that the father would or that Jesus would, um, which in like college is very different than in high school. And like one of the ways, like the reason this has been on my heart um, is because like a big question I've been asking myself is like, is it more loving for me to let my close friends um, like, let me think of an example. Okay. So like friends that have the tendency, like I am like this too. Um, friends that have the tendency to take out stress on like whoever's closest to them that's like the best example I can think of is like that was always me with my parents um Hmm. so like was it more loving for my parents to let me take out the stress on them and to like walk through it with me and just like bear that burden or was it would it have been more loving for them to correct me and to teach me Hmm. to take it out in a different way so things like that where it's like how can I actually love them best so that as Christians, they can 
love others better as well and like yeah. how are people loving me in a way that teaches me how to love others better um so just a lot of learning about how to love and like I think a big part of that like what she said is daily lives of just like walking through the trenches with girls and guys yeah. who like know the Lord or don't know the Lord um it's hard when like especially when I talk to non-believers um it's like genuinely hard like the Lord is such a big part of my life that it's hard for me to not talk about him in every conversation Mm. which I think is a good thing like that's a gift because it's like it should be fabricated into our lives every single day um but because of that I think like it's very easy for me to just like give the logical answer as like a Christian I'm Mm. like oh well like right now you're stressed because you're not letting the Lord have control over your life Mm. and like that doesn't mean anything to like somebody who doesn't believe in God like it truly doesn't you know that kind of thing of just learning what that means and like how that works um I don't know Sophie what are your thoughts yeah definitely I um think the same thing like you Addie is just um learning how to love people the way that um Jesus would love them and like learning um how to like bring up my faith in conversations but also like knowing when like I should just listen to like what someone's like going through and just like let them listen to me obviously like you can do both at the same time but like sometimes like someone just needs like a listening ear and just someone like to love them and just like Mm. comfort them and then other times like there it is necessary like needed and necessary to share and I think just learning the difference like when is what and also just learning to love the people around you even if they don't um like believe the same things you do and if they don't like live the same way you do um Mm -hmm. but still like loving them through that has been something that um I've been learning that not everyone is gonna live their life the way I do um but I'm not called to judge them I'm not called to Mm -hmm. um like condemn them I'm just called to love them um one of my friends she said that she's like the easiest people to love are the people that are non-believers because I don't have to hold them accountable I just have to love them and so it's like it's so easy like or it's not easy but you just have to love them and so uh, I think that's been something that I've really been convicted of lately Hmm. that's encouraging so yeah that's a good quote I like it I'm gonna start using that too um dang you only have to love them that's cool that's so cool um okay cool I think man I've just learned so much from this episode and I'm so encouraged um something that we try to do with most of our guests because we were once asked this in an interview um so that said we want to kind of end this episode by asking what is your boldest prayer for the generation you are working with yeah man that's so good I mean I kind of have two. <laughs> uh, one, one is like, I would say the, the thing God has, I like woke up in the middle of the night, one night, this is probably, this is probably in 2020, like coming kind of a little bit coming out of COVID. I mean, not completely, but it's probably like November of 2020. And I, was just had spent time like praying that day about kind of generation Z, our generation. And then I was supposed to be teaching at an event like a couple weeks from that moment. 
And I woke up in the middle of the night with just like a very clear, like it, I, it feels like silly almost to say like a clear word from the Lord because it wasn't like an audible voice, but just a very clear like direction from God. And it, it, it came out of a text in Second uh, Kings chapters 22 and 23. I had been studying that text. And I think something really simple that God had showed me in that was uh, based as to summarize it. I, I think it's in, it's like toward the end of Second Kings 22. Uh, it talks about King Josiah and how upon hearing the word of God read out loud, he repented before the Lord in just like fear for God's holiness and in humility before the Lord. And out of his repentance, uh, he led the people of Israel, who at the time were just like chasing after so many different gods. Uh, his repentance led him to lead the people into reformation and uh, like come back to uh, God and come back to his law. And then out of that reformation, it brought about uh, revival in, in the people. And I think the the thing I've I've prayed for our generation is that we would in, in view of God's holiness and in view of his uh, grace and his love that we would repent um, and, and turn from our like sin and turn from our wicked ways and like fall before the Lord in worship and in humility. And then out of that repentance that it would bring about reformation uh, by restoring the word of God in the land of the people. That's, I didn't say that. That, that is basically what happened in chapter 23. It, there was reformation that took place because King Josiah restored the word uh, back into the land of the people. And that's what brought about revival. And so that's been my prayer is that we would repent and that there would be reformation that takes place by restoring the word of God in this next generation. And then that would lead to revival. Um, and so that's the thing that my heart beats for. And then I would say something I'm just learning in the past week that I've been praying over our generation. Yeah, I, David Platt was here in Waco and he spent some time with our, with our staff. And he had just said like our goal as believers is to enjoy God and to exalt his glory among the nations. And specifically those two words, enjoy and exalt have just been two words that I've been praying over this generation and college students here in, in Waco that we would enjoy God like our like greatest Isaiah 26 8 talks about um it talks about God's like name and renown being the desire of our hearts and I've just been praying like Lord would you just help me like enjoy you would you help me delight in you would you help me uh, just desire you and then out of that enjoyment and out of my like adoration for your beauty and your holiness and your goodness would it lead uh, me to obediently exalt your glory among among the nations and so not just among Waco um, and not just among the United States but that the three billion people that are unreached with the gospel would come to know Jesus and so I think that's that's the thing I want our generation to run after that we would uh, just adore God for who he is and worship him alone and then out of that that we would exalt his glory um, among every tribe tongue and nation because that that is the grand rescue mission that god has set in motion for us to be a part of and so 
yeah, that's that's where my heart's at. And I love that question. Um, I'm so encouraged by y'all. Thank you. We are like, that was just encouraging. We were asked that in an interview one time and it's like always on my mind of like, if I could book Brutler, whoa, if I could pray a bold prayer, which I can and I should, like, what would it be? Um, And those are encouraging. I love your biblical knowledge. It's something that I'm trying to grow in right now. So just hearing you like be able to Mm. genuinely like back your prayers with scripture. um, Mm. It's just really encouraging. Um, I honestly think that's kind of it as much as I don't want to end this conversation because it's so good. Um, I am so encouraged to get to talk to you. So is Sophie. I'm sure so of our so many of our listeners listeners are going to be sorry I guess I can't talk after 5 6 p.m <laughs> that's rough um uh but yeah I honestly think that's about it um if you don't mind could you pray to close us out yeah I would love that oh father we just thank you that you are so good God and that you are so holy father we praise you that your word is true and that we can trust you father and so would you just help us trust you lord like we we believe out of head knowledge uh, that you are worthy to be trusted and yet in our flesh and in our weakness it's just so easy to not trust you father and so would you just help our unbelief would you just help our soul catch up to what we know to be true about who you are god and and ultimately would you just help us fall more in love with you father i pray that if there's anyone who is uh, listening to uh, this podcast that does not know you that they would uh, believe you to be Jesus that they would believe you to be Lord and Savior right now in this moment that they would believe that you died and resurrected from the grave uh, conquering sin and death so that we could be righteous that he who knew no sin became sin so that we could become righteous before you father and so I thank you that when we uh, put our trust in you uh, that you've invited us into new life and abundant life, Father. And and that changes everything, God. And so for those of us who know you and who who walk with you, uh, would you just continue to stir in, in our hearts a deeper affection for who you are, that our appetite for you would increase and our appetite for the things of this world and, and our sin would decrease, Father. And um, yeah, and that you would just help us be faithful, Father. And so I thank you so much. God, just um, for Addie and Sophie and just uh, their love for you, Jesus. Thank you that you've saved them uh, from uh, from a life without you, God, and you've brought them into reconciliation so that they could be ministers of reconciliation. And I just am getting to watch them uh, do that faithfully, Father. And so would you just bless this podcast? Would you bless their ministry? And for that so many people would uh, come to walk with you and will come to know you as a result of this father and thank you so much just for the blessing that it is to walk with you jesus we love you so much father and it's in your precious and holy name we pray amen amen thank you so much brie for joining us this week um this conversation has been so encouraging and um just amazing so thank you for joining us and um listeners thank you guys so much for listening um make sure to go follow brie on instagram her instagram will be in the show notes and so will ours so go check it out um and also we would love to hear from you if you have any prayer requests we'd love to talk with you so email us at ourheartcentered at gmail.com it will be down below 
Um, we have a blog if you would like to go read um, some of our past blog posts. It's brokenvesselsblog.com. And we would also love if you would leave a rating and review down below and just tell us what you think. Tell us if you have any suggestions. Um, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We hope you guys have a great week. Thank you guys so much for listening. And let's drive to live in full-hearted surrender this week.